Uh, I'm going to say no one's better than me. But <laughs> yeah, let's go. Blow up. Welcome to the Friday, May 8th edition of Locked on Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. And folks, we have the Miami Dolphins 2020 full 16-game schedule. It's all laid out for us now. We know who the free agent additions are. We know who the NFL draft selections are. And now we know not just who the Dolphins are going to play, but when they're going to play them and some of those dynamics that could help but could also hurt the Miami Dolphins' efforts to return to the postseason, which, if you've forgotten, uh, the, the NFL did add a seventh playoff spot to each conference. So pretty much if you finish in the top half of your conference, you go to the playoffs. A little bit more wiggle room than in years past to make the postseason. And what we're going to do today is we're going to dig through this schedule. We're going to talk about the dynamics. So the the Dolphins unveiled their schedule at 7.30 ahead of this three-hour nationally broadcast uh, breakdown of the schedule uh, and the primetime game specifically. So without further ado, I want to introduce the Dolphins schedule first because that is the most pressing thing for us to, to tackle. Uh, Week one, on the road against the New England Patriots. That is a one o'clock kick. Week two, home opener against division rival Buffalo Bills. Week three is a short week. We play Thursday night football in Jacksonville against the Jaguars. Week four, 10 days of rest. Home against the Seattle Seahawks, a one o'clock kick. Week five, in San Francisco, 405 kickoff. Week six, in Denver, 4.05 kickoff. Week 7, home, 1 o'clock kick, L.A. Chargers. Week 8, home, 1 o'clock kickoff, L.A. Rams. Week 9, road game in Arizona against the Cardinals at 4.25. Week 10, home game, 4.05 kickoff, New York Jets. Week 11 is the bye, along with the rest of the AFC East. Week 12, <laughs> again, New York Jets. Week 13, home game, 1 o'clock kickoff, Cincinnati Bengals. Week 14, home game, 1 o'clock kickoff, Kansas City Chiefs. Week 15, home game, 1 o'clock kickoff, New England Patriots. Week 16, road game, December 26th or 27th, time to be determined, facing the Las Vegas Raiders. And then week 17, January 3rd, 1 p.m. kickoff, road game in Buffalo to close the season. I will say this about the Miami Dolphins' 2020 schedule. They did us some favors relative to years past. The expectation is the Dolphins are going to get boned with a week four bye. They're going to have a bunch of cold-weather December road games at their disposal. Only two road games. One is Las Vegas. I think we'll be okay with temperature there. Yeah, the the Week 17 game against Buffalo kind of stinks, but, you know, home opener on September 20th against a divisional rival in the Buffalo Bills. If you're going to play on a short week and then play on the road for Thursday night football, about as short of a travel as you could possibly make 
to play one of the softer teams on the schedule, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Every single West Coast team that is coming to Miami, Seattle Seahawks, the LA Chargers, the LA Rams, those three teams all have to come across the country for a 1 a.m. or 1 p.m. kickoff. That is a good advantage for the Dolphins in South Florida, you know, factoring in the South Florida humidity and whatnot on top of cross-country, three-hour time change. You're not getting a 4 o'clock kick. It's not a primetime game. You're playing at 1 o'clock Eastern. Advantageous for the Miami Dolphins. Getting the Jets in consecutive weeks. Uh, first time this has happened since 1991 that an NFL team will play the same team in successive weeks in the regular season. Uh, the Jets also have the bye week 11. So back-to-back games. Get a chance here, week 9, 10, bye week 11, week 12, and week 13. You get a nice five-week stretch here where you get a road game against Arizona. You're home for two weeks. You go to New York, play the Jets, and then you play the Bengals. That's a nice stretch. And granted, the this top of this is a challenging slate. You know, October is going to be tough with Seattle, San Francisco, road game in Denver playing at mile high. That's a tough little three-game stretch. And obviously playing in New England to start the season, at least it's not a cold-weather game. Uh, there's some dynamics here to be excited about, especially getting the first Patriots home game without Tom Brady. Jared Stidham might catch us off guard as far as what the Patriots offense is going to be, but this matchup specifically strikes me as a fight fire with fire. Patriots, I wrote about this for the Draft Network yesterday, talked about how if the Patriots want to retain success, which they have done for 20 years under Bill Belichick, they are going to have to go back to the future and recall their initial blueprint for success in 2001. Uh, In that year, the Patriots ran the ball 473 times versus just 482 pass attempts, nearly 50-50 split. Passing offense, 6.4 adjusted yards per pass attempt. Not a lot. Consider Tom Brady's career high over almost 600 pass attempts was 9.4 adjusted yards per attempt. This passing offense for the Patriots when this dynasty started was uh, not impressive. Uh, they won ugly. They were 7-3 and in one-score games. They forced 42 turnovers that year. And the Patriots defense with Dante Hightower and Stephon Gilmore and Devin McCourty, they have some opportunistic defenders who are going to be able to to create some turnovers and some splash plays. But 42? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's a monstrous amount of turnovers. 42 turnovers they forced that year. They were not impressive offensively. They played ugly football. And the greatest coaches always have, it's the quote that Bum Phillips said, about Don Shula. He can take his in and beat yours in, and then take yours in and beat his in. Flexibility. Bill Belichick's that kind of coach. I would expect that's the blueprint they are going to implement. They're going to try and play dirty, dirty ball. No pun intended. Just ugly football. 
grind it out. But you know what? So are the Dolphins. And I look at the Dolphins, they might not be as experienced. They have a really impressive uh, front, offensive front, the Patriots do. For former first-round pick Isaiah Wynn, two really good guards, Shaq Mason and Joe Thune, who's on the franchise tag, David Andrews. But the Dolphins overhauled their defensive line, too. And the Dolphins have some experience at linebacker now. Van Noy, McMillan, Jerome Baker, they're, they're going to be able to bump heads. And I think the Dolphins have more dynamic players, more athletic players. The Patriots are in a little bit of an older roster. So, yeah, man, I, I think catching the Patriots in week one you know, it's never advantageous to go play in a place that's won the division like 13 straight years. But for Miami to catch the Patriots in week one with a young quarterback who might make mistakes in a roster that's going to have to drastically change the way they play football, I think they'll be fine long-term. They're going to be competitive long in the long haul for 2020. But if the Dolphins can carry momentum over, and if they just get push in the ground game. So they lost Danny Shelton. They lost a bunch of horses on defense. Miami's got a chance, a real good chance. They got an experienced quarterback. That's why I expect Ryan Fitzpatrick will start the year. So many new pieces on the offense. You need some glue to hold everything together. That's Fitzpatrick. We are actually going to do a way too early schedule prediction for the Dolphins today on the show. Uh, but before we do, I want to talk to you about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar uh, produces an excellent product. You know, whether you're super into fitness or you want meal replacements or a healthy snack around the house, uh, Built Bar is on call in all of these instances, and they produce a delicious protein bar that has one-seventh the amount of sugars and carbs of an average protein bar, uh, more grams of protein than an average protein bar, and between 110 and 150 calories a piece, uh, it's still a light snack, but very fulfilling, and the flavors are awesome. The texture's terrific. It's not like you're chewing on leather. Uh, you're not going to give yourself TMJ chewing on a built Bar. And we have a special offer for everybody listening to the show you can go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box of Built Bar. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, $10 off your first box. Join the party. You will not regret it. So, without further ado, schedule prediction time, 16 games, 17 weeks. Uh, by the way, it seems as though the way the league has built in contingency plans in the event that there is a need to postpone the start of the season is you would take week one and you'd put it at week 17, which would be the absolute worst case scenario for the Dolphins because all of a sudden you'd be uh, playing in New England in September 13th versus playing in New England on January 10th. And then the week two game could be placed into the bye week on week 11. So all divisional teams have a bye week on the same week so that you could reschedule that week two game, which would then, I guess, technically mean the Dolphins would open the NFL season against the Jaguars on Thursday night football. Be pretty weird. But uh, 
that is a contingency plan in the event that that with the COVID nineteen pandemic that the league is forced to push back their the start of their calendar. Game by game predictions. Please do not get mad at me. Hear the full thing through. I'd like to think I'm being fairly objective and not too homeristic here. Uh, I do have us losing the week one matchup in New England to the Patriots. Uh, winning successive games in Foxborough just feels too good to be true. Bill Belichick, I think, with the changes their personnel is going to have to bring on in order for them to be a competitive football team in 2020, they're probably going to break out some stuff we haven't seen. That, in turn, is going to result in a couple big plays going the Patriots' way in an ugly, grind-it-out, knock-it-out game. I've got it somewhere 21-24-17, something like that. But Patriots at home with a dub. Schedule makers, as I said, did do us a favor by giving us the Buffalo Bills uh, as the home opener for the Dolphins, because I think a home opener, you know, Buffalo versus South Florida at one o'clock in September, is still significant. And provided that the fans are able to be in attendance at the game, I do think the energy around this team and this franchise and knowing Tua Tungavailoa might only be one play away at any given point, uh, I think it's going to generate some excitement. And the the Bills have given Miami fits uh, throughout the course of the past couple of years. Uh, they've, they've got a pretty su- successful track record. They are a team that is two years ahead of the Dolphins in their own rebuild process, and then that's something the Dolphins can look towards and say, that's the kind of roster we want to be, hopefully with a better quarterback prospect or a more consistent quarterback playing behind center with Tua versus Josh Allen. But give me the Dolphins at home. Dolphins at home, you know, Buffalo swept us last year. They had a, Miami had a pretty good showing in the first game. They let it get away from them late if not for a returned onside kick that went back for a touchdown, you know, that would have been a three-point game. Give me Miami 24-21 at The Dolphins have a ton of press, man, cover defenders to play against a ton of speed that the Bills have. So that'll be the, the featured event. Uh, but I think the Dolphins' experience of Ryan Fitzpatrick, some Fitz magic at home, enough to get it done. Week three, short week. Thursday night football on the road, Jacksonville. Here's the thing about the Jaguars. They have a ton of talent, but they are also very inexperienced and very young. Uh, The Dolphins are also very young, but the Dolphins brought in a significant amount of experienced contributors. They have more experience at the quarterback position. I think now that the book is out on Gardner Minshew a little bit and the Jaguars are committed to working with Gardner Minshew, that will work in Miami's favor. I think we'll force a couple turnovers. Dolphins, 27-17 prediction. Jaguars will be a good team down the road, but I don't think that this is going to be a year for them to be highly competitive. Dolphins move uh, in my way too early prediction for the Dolphins 2020 season uh, to 2-1 and one before home game against Seattle. Here's the problem. Uh, Seattle has Russ Wilson. <laughs> and Russ Wilson is an elite quarterback. He got a box man for 60 minutes. Uh, DK Metcalf is a budding star. Tyler Lockett as a special teams and receiving threat. Big play potential. Uh, a good coaching staff. A team that is built and constructed much like the Dolphins as far as wanting to quote-unquote establish the run and run downhill at you. And I, I just think the Seahawks have enough splash players on both sides of the ball with like Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright and Russell Wilson 
Chris Carson looks really good. He looked really good this past season. So I, I think there's a bit too much, even though the Dolphins have home field advantage and the cross-country trip, I do think this is a game against one of the teams in the NFC who is probably going to be in position to, to make a bit of a postseason run, uh, make a late postseason run. Give me Seattle to win this game. And because I don't want to predict the Dolphins to lose every game by like three or seven points and make every single game we play a one-score football game, I think this will be a close game. But give me Seattle. And let's make it mm, 31-21, late score from Seattle to ice the game just to keep things interesting as far as what the predictions look like in the point spreads. Two and two through the first quarter of the season. And then we have a road game. In San Francisco, which is not great, uh, but I am happy that we're not getting San Francisco within the first two or three weeks of the season, uh, because that would have been very problematic for the Dolphins as they look to get some solidarity and consistency with their overhauled offensive line group. Uh, The 49ers defensive line is a problem, and I think it will ultimately be an issue that the Dolphins have trouble reconciling. I think the Dolphins will also have a hard time keeping George Kittle boxed in for a full 60 minutes. Pretty relentless with their run game. They run at you, at you, at you. But because it's a zone-heavy system, their backs have the ability to make you wrong as you as defenders declare into holes. So I think San Francisco will get some good points. This is a road game for Miami. Uh, San Francisco reigning in NFC champions. Give me 49ers to win another double-digit deficit, let's say 35-24, maybe uh, 28-14, 28-17, something like that. But lost to San Francisco, which would move Miami to 2-3 and on the season. Next week, week six against Denver Broncos. This is a coin flip game for me. I think Denver can be a sneaky good team. It all depends on how good Drew Locke is. Drew Locke started five games last year and looked really good throughout the vast majority of them. And then the Broncos went out and they got KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy and stacked that on top of already having Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant. And they signed Melvin Gordon in free agency. So Broncos have some offensive weapons. And defensively, they're getting Bradley Chubb back. Uh, from injury, they missed him last year. They got Jarrell Casey for a seventh-round pick uh, via the, a trade with the Tennessee Titans this offseason. This is a really good-looking group. I, I think quarterback play is going to define it, but uh, I would give the Dolphins a loss here, strictly speaking, due to being at mile high. Uh, that is a great home field advantage. Conditioning can be a problem uh, with the elevation change. And because of the collective depth of the skill players that the Broncos have, if Drew Locke plays bad or plays like poop this year, this this is a win. Now, this is a coin flip game, uh, but I am basing the decision for a loss off of home field advantage and assuming Drew Locke is going to be the player that he looked like for five games last year. L.A. Chargers, Week 7. Dolphins are 2-4. and four. Chargers have to come across the country play in Miami, 1 o'clock kick, late October. Chargers got us last year in Miami for their first win in Miami in South Florida in almost 30 years. You're going to wait a little bit before you get your next one, bub. I don't care if it's Terod Taylor or Justin Herbert. I don't care that you got one of the best route runners in the NFL in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. 
We've got physical corners who can play in your face. And the Chargers offensive line, they didn't do anything to improve it this offseason. So give me the Dolphins to win, move to 3-4. and four. And the halfway point, Dolphins advantageously draw the, the Rams in early November, week 8, in Miami. A game, same scenario that the, the Chargers have to undergo the week before. Cross-country trip, 1 o'clock kick. Rams are in the same boat. Talked a little bit about the Rams as far as being a team that is uh, living life dangerously because they have modeled themselves after what the Dolphins were for a really long time, which was up against the cap. And you got a couple heavy hitters with uh, some big names and big cap hits and star power, but the depth of your team really suffers. I think the Dolphins have the chance to push the Rams around up front. Not with Aaron Donald, but if you double Aaron every, every down, and you got at least a guy who has starting experience at Ted Karras at center, and Eric Flowers as a mauler, you know, those two guys doubling, you should be able to box in Aaron enough where he's not going to wreck your game plan. He's going to have his plays. He's going to have penetration. He's going to wreck a series. He's going to probably wreck multiple series. But he's not going to wreck the entire game plan. And the Rams, in my opinion, do not have the difference makers around, around Aaron Donald to complement him well enough to keep teams honest and prevent them from dictating a ton of attention in his direction. And when the Rams have the ball, Miami's got powerful dudes up front, and the Rams have a bunch of guys that got pushed around in the zone-heavy scheme last year, and they didn't bring anybody in. Give me the Dolphins to win, to beat the Rams 28-24 is my prediction here. Close game, but a game nonetheless, I think the Dolphins can dictate the line of scrimmage the way that they want to. So Dolphins bounce back there up to 4-4. To four and four. Another coin flip game. Dolphins go west, play in Arizona at 425. Uh, I think this is going to be a close game. This is going to be really entertaining to watch the Dolphins try and box in DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald and Kyler Murray within the pocket. Uh, I think the Dolphins' length uh, and size up front defensively will have an opportunity to, to get after, you know, batting some balls for Kyler, but you got to keep him contained inside the pocket. So that's uh, a lot of contained rushes and stunts and twists, and, and that'll be the kind of cat and mouse game that I think the Dolphins are going to have to implement to have some success. Defensively, the Cardinals were not a good football team last year, uh, but they did bring in some impressive pieces, including Isaiah Simmons who was a big uh, apple of many Dolphins fans' eyes. Uh, at this point, give me Arizona at home, higher ceiling quarterback, assuming two is not playing, and it still fits. Give me Arizona to edge out a close win at home, which would move the Dolphins to 4-5, and five, going into their last home game before the bye week against the Jets. And here's the thing about the Jets. The Dolphins play the Jets in consecutive games with a bye week sandwich of a team. We should have beat the Jets last year in both games we played. We should have swept the Jets because we were a better football team than the Jets. Some BS DPI against Nick Needham at the end of that football game gave the Jets a chance to kick a game-winning field goal at the end of the game. Dolphins were a better team than the Jets last year. They were better coached than the Jets last year. And... They did more this offseason to improve their roster than the Jets did. They had more ammunition. They signed better players in free agency. 
call me crazy, but you can put me down for a sweep of the Jets right now. Dolphins sweep the Jets, move them to 6-5. and five. Wins in week 10, bye week, and then week 12 to regroup. Beat the Jets again. This Mother's Day, start the competition with the people important in your mom's life. Mother's Day is your mom's Super Bowl, so celebrate this Mother's Day by scoring her favorite gift of the day. Your mom will be able to travel in her mind to exotic India, sample the food, and laugh at the perils of raising a teenager in 1950s India through a new book called The Henna Artist. It's Reese Witherspoon's book club's pick for the month of May, by the way. And then anytime in the month of May, post a picture of your mom or yourself holding the ebook or book on Instagram and Facebook and tag the author at the Alkayoshi. Donation of four meals per post, up to 10,000 meals, will be going towards Feeding America. So guys and girls, buy the henna artist today at your favorite bookseller, including Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Walmart, Costco, and Target, and make mom the ultimate winner in your family this Mother's Day. And then we're home against the Bengals. Joe Burrow, unquestioned starter for the Bengals now. That's good news for the Bengals. But for the Dolphins, Bengals have really good skill players, but I think the trenches is really where the Dolphins are going to set themselves apart as far as the physicality that they have and their press and physicality in handling pass catchers is going to force Joe Burrow to be precision accurate or, conversely, run the risk of making a few key mistakes. Rookie mistakes. And that's what you can put me down for. The Dolphins are going to beat the Bengals at home. Let's move them to 7-5. and five. And the going gets tough <laughs> down the stretch here. <laughs> because now we have the Kansas City Chiefs. And let's not make any... No misconceptions about where the Dolphins are at as a team. I will appreciate the chance to use the Chiefs as a barometer for where the rebuild is. Dolphins are nowhere near the Chiefs level yet. So you can give me the Chiefs for a win which will move uh, the Dolphins to 7-6. and six. Then we play the Patriots at home, and because I gave the Patriots the benefit of the doubt in New England, I'm going to give the Dolphins the benefit of the doubt second time around in Miami. 8-6 and six is this win uh, in Week 15 against the Patriots. Uh, I think the Dolphins... Momentum moving in the right direction. They've never been a team that's been afraid of New England. They've had more success against the Patriots than the rest of the AFC East combined over the course of like the last 10 years. No Tom Brady. This late in the year, all these new pieces will have had the chance to gel and reset. Give me the Dolphins to win this football game. Move to 8-6. and six. Uh, The Raiders. Road game. Not, don't have to worry about cold weather. 8-6 and six record. I think the Dolphins are going to win this game. I think they will. Uh, it's going to be a, a strength versus strength. Who do you trust more, quarterback? David or Derek Carr uh, developing a little bit of a reputation as a check down Charlie. Obviously, injuries will be a factor here. Who's healthy, who's not. I reserve the right to change my mind about every single outcome I've predicted on this show. Uh, today because it is a way too early prediction. But if I look at the personnel of both of these teams, I ask myself, okay, who's got the more athletic linebackers? I think the Dolphins do, even though the Raiders signed Corey Littleton. I think the Dolphins have a better fleshed-out second level of their defense. And you ask me, who has a better chance to put pressure on the opposing quarterback? I think the Dolphins' pass rush is a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more diverse. 
and I trust their secondary more than I trust the Raiders secondary to get the job done against opposing wide receivers. So for those reasons, even though this is a road game, give me the Dolphins to win. Nine wins! We've got nine and six before going to Buffalo and playing the Bills in a game that, listen, unless the Bills have a great epiphany with Josh Allen, you could feasibly be looking at the Dolphins going into a game against the Bills week 17 with divisional weight on the line week 17. Do I think the Dolphins are going to beat Buffalo in Buffalo Week 17? No. Hell no, I do not. I think the, the Bills are way too good for us to, to think about sweeping them at this point in time. They are further ahead in their development than we are. They have a deeper roster than us. They've got really good pieces in a lot of different spots. They're a good coached football team. They're hard-nosed. you got to play them in January in the cold. It's not unheard of. The Dolphins did it in 2016. They went up right around Christmas time and beat the Bills. Uh, so, so it's not impossible. But if I gave the Dolphins the benefit of the doubt in Week 2 in a home game against Buffalo, then I have to give the Bills the benefit of the doubt Week 17, which would put the Dolphins at 9-7. and seven. And listen, 9-7 and seven with seven playoff spots, you're either tied for the last spot or you're in. I would have a hard time picturing eight AFC teams, you know, unless the entire AFC South is mediocre as hell and you've got Houston, Indianapolis, and Tennessee all at nine and seven. And the Patriots are going to be 10 and six or nine and seven. And the Bills are going to be 10 and six, probably. You know, you, you would need to make sure, okay, the Broncos don't have the bounce back here that we think they might. We need to make sure that the AFC East or the AFC North is a runaway. Playoffs should be a goal for the Miami Dolphins. I will not say that the this season's successes will be defined on whether or not this team makes the playoffs. And I know there's a lot of new pieces. But we just went through the schedule and I predicted this team was going to start two and four. And that's with new pieces. I'm not predicting the Dolphins to come storming out the gates and start the year 6-0. and 2-4 start. I'd like to think that's pretty realistic. But the back half of the schedule, if they take care of their business against the Jets and the teams like the Bengals and the Raiders, then you just need to sneak a win here and a win there. And I even gave them coin flip losses to Arizona and Denver. Our expected range, if it's less than than seven wins, I'll probably be disappointed unless there's a ton of injuries. And you know, I don't want to put like defined hard stances on what makes success or failure for the Dolphins in 2020, because I'm not expecting this team to to compete for a championship this year. I could see things going well, and if it clicks, and if the team progresses from week 1 to 17 the way they did last year, with a talent difference and discrepancy, I could see this team being in the running and not being mathematically eliminated from the AFC East until week 16 or so. By the way, the Bills play the Patriots week 16. Could be a critical game to get in the Patriots' 
officially eliminated. Joe Marino locked on uh, Bills and my co-host at Draft Dudes, my best friend. We were the best men at each other's weddings. He thinks I'm crazy. Nine wins. I think it's doable. I think it's realistic. It all comes back to coaching because the talent level is immeasurably better than what it was last year. Hope you guys are stoked now that we got the schedule out in front of us. Uh, I do have a spot, a guest spot, uh, with Locked On Seahawks, but I don't want to use it today because I went a little long today on the schedule prediction. So we're going to do that as a part of our show on Monday in addition to working through some of the dynamics, the finer dynamics. I know this was kind of a very broad brush overhead look at the Dolphins schedule and a quick prediction. I'm looking forward to uh, continuing looking at some of these rookies specifically once uh, the the frantic news stops coming in. You know, this week between Coach Shula's passing and some of the rookie signings and the schedule release, it's been a pretty busy week for May. Lots to talk about. We covered a lot of ground, and we'll do the same thing again next week. So hit subscribe, keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, and I hope to see you guys again next week.